Hey guys, we've got Blake Pitts on this week on the podcast, and we're going to be talking about stock market and trading and futures. And if you want to know why risk management is more important than wealth management, then you're going to stay tuned for this next episode. Hey, this is Liz, and you're listening to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Episode 28. Jared Ketterman here with my cohort partner in crime. Kyle Voss. Special guest today, Blake Pitts. This is going to be a good one. We're talking money. Yeah, all of them are good ones, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, that's true. Dude, but I, I spend, uh, I, I went and binged like three or four of our last ones with Brad and, and these guys. And it's just good, good content. Yeah. Well, you know what I like about it too is when we bring in guests, it, it forces us to kind of get outside of our box. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about the same thing all the time, right? Mm-hmm. We get in somebody else's world and then we can kind of throw, throw ideas around or whatever. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. So investing. Stock market. Yeah, well, we're, I think we wealth, should talk about wealth management. There risk, you go. Risk management. Yeah. Risk yes. management, wealth management, day could be, trading. We're going to talk hard assets. We're going to talk mm-hmm. paper assets. Yeah. Digital assets, maybe. I hope not. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Blake Pitts. Welcome nice. to South Tech Syndicate. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. So, Blake was supposed to be on with us last week. Yeah. I think we kind of mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Aller- we're, we're Kind of talked about it before the podcast. We think it was allergies, but the voice yeah. the voice went. It's huh? back. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's gone. But it was gone for a couple of weeks, and you know, I do a little speaking on Sundays, and by the end time I get to the end of of preaching, it's it's usually pretty rough. So right. it was a rough couple of weeks, but I think I'm gonna make it. I've got I've got, so, got some strength in it. Speaking of that, go ahead and give yourself an introduction. Give us like the uh, ground level of Blake Pitts. And yeah. Um, I am. I guess. My main gig is I'm the lead pastor at LifePoint Church, so I do that. Uh, LifePoint Church has been in existence for about 10 years now. Um, Brad was here last year. Oh, last last year. Last (laughs) Last week. week. Yeah. Uh, Last week, and so uh, he probably told you a little bit about that. Um, My other gig is that I'm an investment advisor at IQ Capital Strategy here in Seneca. Which which fits you because you're a math teacher, right? I was a math teacher. I taught, taught math for three years. Uh, before I went to ministry, and and so I like numbers. I like the market. I like you like um, geeking all, out on that kind of stuff. Things geeky, charty. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably why you're so uh, in so deep into athletics too. I guess. Yeah. Partly. Yeah. Because it's like I don't know, not the same thing, but oh, well, have you not seen Moneyball? Well, that uh, yeah, Moneyball. Yeah, oh, that's a great gosh. show. Great and, show. And true. It's a true <laughs> yeah. story. I think Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt. Did a great job with that one. Yeah. And it's all about analytics, and, and they changed the entire way that game, uh, the game of baseball was played yeah, from exactly. the desk, not from the field. Right, right. They were going based Same. on averages. Exactly. They could care and, less what you look like, how old you are, what are your, what are your numbers on the Excel sheet. Yeah, how well, great people thought you were. Awesome. If you look at the ma- at Major League now, I mean, everything's wrong with analytics. And, That's I right. Mean, I mean, baseball, football, they, they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff now. The whole shifts in baseball that they do, they've outlawed oh, yeah. this year. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They've outlawed it. You can't do it anymore. I think that starting this year, you can't do the shift anymore. And so that was probably based on what that batter, they probably had a, a some kind of... Yeah, they have a chart on where they hit, hit the ball. Most of the time. <laughs> it would literally move the players. Right, exactly. Where they hit them all. Every single player, they'd move. The whole, everybody would move. It's insane. So they'd be calm plays. They'd be guy on the sidelines back really cool. looking at the batter yeah. going, okay, oh, everybody oh, this move is, left. This yeah. is play T6. He's yeah. going to go between second and third every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, so, honestly, that's the way to play it. I mean, it, it is kind of the exact same way the market works. Yep. Like, you're basically playing the emotions of people. Mm-hmm. It has, in the long term, it has a lot to do with the underlying fundamentals of the company. But in the short term, it's all about the mindset of the people who are owning, buying, and selling those stocks. Yeah. So, Am I wrong? So, Blake, would you say you're into wealth management or risk management? R- mainly risk management. Mm-hmm. Uh, we everything is a is a management of risk. Explain that a little bit. Okay, so um, if you're ever going to do anything beneficial at all, you're going to take some type of risk, right? You're going to take uh, whether it be financial risk, whether it be health risk, whether it be whatever. You know, I can't learn to ride a bike without taking the risk of maybe falling down sure. and getting hurt. So if I'm going to do anything that's worth anything, I'm going to have to take some type of risk. And so the idea is I'm going to have to manage that risk to where the first time, like the maiden voyage, I do something, I don't, in the investment world, lose all my money. Right. right? So I'm going to cut that. I'm going to make sure that I that I manage the risk that I have 
in order to keep me in the game long enough right. to figure out an edge, in, whether it's in trading or whatever it might be, so I can figure out an edge to where, okay, I think I can make money doing this. I see, I'm looking at this chart, I'm seeing this pattern, I see this, right. this stock, I see whatever. And if I can manage my risk enough to keep me in the game long enough to figure out when, how, when I win and when I'm going to lose, then uh, I'm, I'm doing things the right way. Right. Now, would you call that like you look for asymmetric upside, like little risk yeah. with, with, with a greater return? You know, you know, I guess the worst trade is the 50-50 trade. Yeah. Right, because yeah, let's not shoot that far up yet. Let's, yeah. Okay. Let's, give, give us an example like, okay, you grab Kyle's portfolio, now put risk management into that conversation. Yeah. So not not everybody, if, you, if you're driving down the road, not everybody knows how the stock market works or what yeah. risk management is or anything like that's that. True. What, that's 50, true. What's 50, 50, A list, B, I don't know. What yeah. the heck okay, so, so so here's what happens. If you go into to 90% of the wealth management places, you know, anywhere, what you're going to do is you're going to go in there, they're going to say, how old are you? You know, if you're young, they're going to, right, High risk? Well, yeah, you can be high risk. You know, you've got a long time to be in the market, whatever, yeah. you can do it, you know. They're going to ask you what your risk tolerance is, you know, and if you're young, you say, well, you know, I want to make money and I want to lose. Nobody ever wants to lose money, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> right. Not, nobody wants to lose money, but um, they're going to ask you those questions. And so what they're going to do is they're going to put you in a portfolio where, you know, 80% of your money's in stocks and 20% of it's in bonds, or you have a, a growth mutual fund or a balanced mutual fund or, a, you know, a bond weighted mutual fund, right. whatever, you know, there's going to be all these kind of things. And, and they're using what they, what they think is, risk management tools when they're really not. Yeah. You know, I mean, because if they, if they put you in 70% uh, bond or 70% stocks and 30% bonds, if the market tanks like it did at COVID, everything's going down. Yeah. Like, like, like it's, it's not like bonds is going to protect you. you right. Know, and the downside. So putting a certain amount in bonds is not risk management. Um, it's, it's just preserving it as long as it's not like a black swan event, I yeah, guess. Yeah, well, and, and not even that. I mean, a back, black swan events are even worse. You look at um, you look at COVID. The 70-30 uh, man, you know, split portfolio went down anywhere from 25 to 30% yeah. during COVID. The same as everything else. The regular market. Yeah. You know, so that's not that's not risk management. Um, risk management is is uh, is so for instance, you want to when you trade. You want to be able to cut your losses, even though it may be super emotional. You want to be able to cut your losses um, at a fraction of what you take your gains at. Right. So you put in stop losses or something. Yeah. So so you put in stop losses. You go to cash. All right. So a stop loss. If you don't want stop losses, stop losses. I can put in a stop loss that says, "Hey, if it hits this price, I'm getting out. I'm selling." Yeah. All right. So um, if I put on a, a trade and um, let's just say, for instance, I have a two to one risk reward ratio. What that means is I'm going to take my profit at twice what my risk is, all right? Right. Twice what my risk is. If you do that, then you only have to be right 35% of the time. Like, yeah. you don't have to be right 50% all the time. of the time. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because a one-to-one -one risk reward, like if I said, all right, I'm going to take my profit. Let's say you have a, a stock that's 10 bucks, right? So okay. right, I'm going to take my profit at $15. I'm going to cut my losses at $5, all right? Yeah. That's a one-to-one. Right, I'm gonna take it at five, or I'm gonna lose. You're gonna make five or lose five. Make five or lose five. Then you have to win what? You have to win fifty percent of the time. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's not a good bet. And that's well, it, it depends on the dealer that's spinning that roulette. Well, well that's what I, that's <laughs> where I was getting to. <laughs> was I mean, the, I, we manage risk at the casino a little bit. It's the well, exact same. It's the same conversation. Thing. It is, but it, but here's the thing: it's a math problem. It is. It is yeah. a math problem. Right? It's a math problem because so, I can I can I can blindly take a trade and set it at two to one. Mm -hmm. Two to one risk, risk. and automatically. And if I take ten of them, all I got to do is win four of them. Yeah, make money. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, so what you're saying is, you say you buy a ten dollars stock, you put in your stop loss at five bucks. So yep. you're, you're the most you can lose is five dollars. Yep. And I'm trying to keep this in simple terms. Yep. But you have your sell price at say what twenty. Yep. That's your two to one, right? Yep. That's how that works. So you could make ten, or you could lose five. Yep. That's a good bet. Mm -hmm. Versus. You make five, lose five. Yep. That's the 50-50 side that we were talking about earlier. And that's what I consider asymmetric risk. It's like risk. It's like the how much you're betting for how much you could potentially make. Yep. That's right. Right? You want the biggest potential upside for the least amount of risk. Yep. And if you can find those, it's tough, obviously. If it was easy, everybody would do it. But So, so here's what's cool. Um, our, our company, we basically run an algorithm. So we run – we um, buy and sell out of the top 20 – 
stocks in the S&P. So mm-hmm. these your Amazon. It's in your latest marijuana Yeah, you stock. can get out easy. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, we can, because we have this computer system that can backtest everything. Right. right. So we can back test. So we can put in these are our rules for trading. This is when we're going to buy. This is what we're gonna, when we're going to sell according to t- certain technical data and price. And you hit and enter and it stuff. tells you. You hit enter and I can back test it over the last 20, to 25, see, 30 years. To see gonna, if your ideas work out exactly through right. past markets. That's exactly right. So the algorithm we're running right now, um, we only win 37% of the time. So we, we win 37% of the time. But we our wins are three times more than our losses. Right. So because our wins are three times more than our losses, it's a hundred percent. We make money. Yeah. Not for your other seventy or sixty three. Well, no, he's saying percent. he only wins thirty percent of the time is but then if you make that three X fold, yeah. It puts you at ninety basically because the wins that you do make are three times more than what you've lost. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get out some We'll get out some papers. Sorry, scribble, <laughs> scribble on the wall. I went, to See, co- I, I went to college to be an English teacher. <laughs> you know, but, it's, I, but I couldn't pass the math. And I try to tell these guys, I don't, I don't want to teach math. I want to teach yeah, English. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> when it comes to numbers, I love data. But what's yeah. crazy about Jared is he is such a gambler. Yeah, he is such a gambler that I'm surprised he hasn't like because I'm addicted to. I'm a gambler. I just like to gamble in things I feel like I can win. Like, I, I'm not going to go to Cherokee and play 21 because I know the house has, has the favor. I'm playing the odds on everything. Yeah. And in the market, that's why I like to play there versus anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You love to gamble. You love to go and play roulette. And and I've seen you before at people's houses and be like, who's got a deck of cards? I'll flip my card. <laughs> yeah, well, flip, flip for 100, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a 50-50 bet. It is. Well. It is because one, you're either going to lose is, or you're going to win. It is if it's if it's two people. Well, I thought, yeah. Yeah. But if you, it's the three of us yeah, or four of us, not, but the risk is a lot more because the pot is a lot yes. bigger. Yeah. Right. So the reward is a lot bigger. But, but the, the odds of you winning that are way lower. But I can lose depending on how many people are. To, see, now I can talk math. When you, when you yeah. throw cards and <laughs> start talking about gambling. <laughs> if I've got five he's, people. He's in now. The, yeah, he's in. If I've yeah. got five people at the table and it's $100 a hand, I can lose four times. Yeah. And then I wash if I hit the fifth. That's exactly what we're talking about. That's mm-hmm. exactly what we're talking about with mm-hmm. the, the whole risk-reward kind of ratio. You're mm-hmm. risking 100 to make 500. That's mm-hmm. the asymmetric risk there. Mm-hmm. I can tell Blake's passionate about this because, man, he starts talking. He's over here. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to have to do this. Here. Man, this is another thing you got to do. I'm going to have to do this. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. so you just put one hand here. You just go with it. So you're used to having a lapel mic where it follows That's right. It follows me around you here. Go. So well, that's interesting. I, I don't... I've got a, uh, we use a company uh, north of here, um, and Derek manages all of our accounts for that stuff, but he takes a percentage off the top. I'm sure your structure's the same way. Yep. yep. And I don't, he sends me a report every quarter. Yeah. yeah. If I have a question, I can get him on the phone immediately, but yep. I just, it's like uh, when Kyle told me to get into crypto, he's like, buy into it and never look at it again. Just leave it over there. Yeah. Because if you look at it every day, you're going to be being banging your head against the yeah. wall, and that's what your job is yeah. for your customers. Yeah, you're banging your head against the wall. It should well, be no concern crypt- to your end users. Crypto's really, really volatile too, so that's why I said that because I didn't want you to panic when it was yeah. down. Or, you yeah. Know. Are you into crypto at all? I never have. Great. I we're going to change. We're going to keep going. It. So that's the same thing <laughs> yeah. as him. Yeah. I would love to sit and talk to you about crypto because. And we won't. I won't make this a long deal because we've talked about it on the podcast a bunch. But there's actually utility in there. Yeah. It's actually businesses that don't have to be necessarily run by yeah. people. The blockchain so, part of it. And yeah. All that. yeah. And so if you think about it as like a business that you invest in, in the stock market, it's kind of the exact same thing. But instead of buying stocks in it, you're actually buying their native yeah. currency or you know you call it whatever. Yeah. Now there's some that are junk. Yeah. Absolute junk. And I tell him all the time, I hate the word currency. I hate the word mining because it doesn't repli- it doesn't actually represent what is actually happening. Yeah. Most of these aren't currencies, they're technologies. Yeah. And the mining part is the work that's being done behind the scenes. Mm. And those and the people get rewarded for the work, right? Somebody has to do the work. Yeah. Um so uh before we got on, you said you'd pass you had you can't just go out of your home office and have everybody come to you and see your stuff. You gotta be certified or have certain yeah. qualifications mm-hmm. to manage somebody else's wealth account, right? Yep. So you mentioned that you had your Series 65. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of give an in-depth of what that actually entails and, and how hard was that for you? And- it, it, it really wasn't super hard, honestly. Um, it is, uh, it's a, it's a, a, uh, 
exam you have to take. So I had to, I studied for several months and sure. um, it was, it was tough. It, it wasn't, wasn't easy. It's one of those exams where you go in and you take it and you're like, I'm not sure when but, I press this button. But if I'm right. If it's going to say I passed or not. But, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's mostly around the legalities. It is. Right? Not actually how, yeah. to, how to do the trading. Yeah. Part of it is, is how not to get in trouble. Right? How to not get in trouble with it. Uh, and so, you know, how well you do in trading stuff is really not, you know, there's not an appropriation for, hey, I passed this test, so I'm really good at this. Is I passed this test, so now I can legally do this. Right. And so, um, you know, so make sure you vet your guys out sure. there before you, <laughs> before you start giving them your money. Yeah, sure. the way the way you tell if they're good or not is you look at past history. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite stock <sighs> movie? Movie? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, we were talking about The Wolf of Wall Street before I we mean, started. Is that really a <laughs> stock movie or is that... <laughs> There's a actually there's a there's a documentary on Netflix about the GameStop thing. Okay. Oh yeah. You remember I that? love that. See, I, Have you seen that? Yeah. I hadn't seen that. It's it's wild. I I'll mean have people to got So basically what happened, I'll kind of give it to you in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the market you can you can buy a stock or you can actually sell a stock before you own it. It's called shorting. Mm -hmm. So you can basically say, "Hey, like if you own, you know, uh, GameStop, mm -hmm. I could say, "Hey, I want to buy the right to to sell that stock at a lower price." That work? No, I want to. I want to buy the right to buy that stock at a lower price. Well, actually, what's happening when you when you short sell stock is you are borrowing the stock from your broker, and then you sell it at a lower That's price. That's right. So yeah. I'm, I'm borrowing it from them, and I am I'm selling. That's it. That's right. Okay. Why Why would that? Hold, hold on, because this is the thing. If you own a ten dollar GameStop stock, mm -hmm. and I borrow that from the broker, and it goes to five bucks, then I buy it because I only borrowed it before. Yeah. Then I buy it at at a uh, at a lower price, right? I'm trying to think. Hold on. <laughs> Why don't you let the wealth management <laughs> guy? No, I, no, I'm keep going. I like I, I like where you're going with this. Keep going. I want to see where I want to see. I'm trying to think. Hold on. I'll get. I'll wrap my head around. It's so because yep. it's more about the rights to you. You basically sell the stock that you don't have at ten dollars. Yes. And you have the rights to buy it at a lower price. Back. Okay. Yes. So so I, I'm borrowing the stock from somebody. The borrowing part threw me off. Right, I, yeah, I'm borrowing the I'm stock and I'm selling it. Like I'm selling it for so let's say I let's say I buy it uh, I borrow it and I sell it for ten dollars all right and it goes down right now I've got the I've got the ten dollars because I've sold it at ten but it goes down to five dollars now I can buy it back and give I, it back to the guy you right, borrowed because I'm gonna have to give it back to the person I borrowed it from so now I can buy it back for five dollars and I've made five dollars yeah the broad problem with that though is if it goes up. You still have to buy that stock and return it to the person you borrowed it from. Yeah, but now you're selling it for more than now you're buying, buying it back it for more for than you sold it for. Oh, I saw this on an episode of Billions. Yeah. So the bad thing Billions about Billions is a great show. Oh, I love that show. Man. Have you ever oh. watched it? I, I watched a little bit of it. Dude. No, watch all of it. Yeah. One, of my, yeah. one of my top three. Are they coming out with another series? season of that? Don't know. Oh. So the bad thing about shorting is is this. So like if you buy a stock for thirty bucks and it goes to zero, your risk is thirty bucks. Mm -hmm. You lose everything. It's only thirty dollars. Mm -hmm. If you short a stock, it can go up in, infinitely. infinitely. So your loss is not capped. At some point, you're gonna have to buy that and sell it back to the or yep. give it back to the person you borrowed from. So this is what the GameStop thing did. So you can go on the on the you can go in your portfolio, look at stocks, and you can see what the short interest is. So GameStop had like eighty five or seventy five percent short interest, meaning that most of the stock was shorted. Which means all those people are gonna have to buy the stock at some point to then give them back because they're only borrowed on the short. Okay. So you have basically buyers in waiting. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have eighty-five percent. Everybody of the stock. just quit listening to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you have, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Our legal team in the corner <laughs> is making sure that we put this disclaimer in. We're not financial advisors. Do not take the advice of Jerry Kyle for this particular subject. Okay. Does that cover us? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so anytime you have anytime you have short interest, they're potential buyers at some point. You know, more more so when the stock goes down, those folks are going to buy and they're going to reap the rewards of that short that short play. The problem is what happens is when the stock goes up, they have what they call a short squeeze. Mm -hmm. All those people got to get out because they want to minimize their losses, mm -hmm. and so it's already going up. And now you have people getting out. It, acceler it accelerates, and everything. they have to buy it. Which makes it go up even more, mm -hmm. which makes more people freak out that are you know holding it short. Yeah, so, so it's this, a short squeeze. This happened on the episode 
where Metallica, they flew to wherever Metallica was playing, and yep. the friend was yep. like, yep. he yep. overheard a conversation, shorted a bunch of stock. Well, it went the other way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it cost him hundreds of thousands. Yep. So, so that's yep. what happened with GameStop. What GameStop happened with GameStop went from like, what, like 40 bucks to like 450 Yeah. It was insane. So what happened with GameStop was, instead of it being a traditional marketplace, these guys got on Reddit, and they're all yeah. talking. They're like, man, look at this short interest in GameStop. It's ridiculously short. And- you, you know, if you watch the Netflix thing, the guy that was kind of behind the, doing that, he said that he really truly believed in the stock, which... Yeah, no, he didn't. We, yeah, we don't know about that, but... Because <laughs> technically, you can't just get a bunch of people on board to, you know, go... It's basically a market manipulation if you do that. Sure. You have to actually believe in what you're buying. I'll have to check that out. I'm sure you can get on Netflix and just Google GameStop, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Edit, so they went search. in there and they basically did a short squeeze on these people. And once the once people started liquidating the shorts, it kept going up. More liquidations, it'd go up, kept, and it went through the roof. Put uh, one big, big... Put them out. Put them out. But I here's mean, the bad part. You got people who are thinking, oh, this thing's going to go to 1000 And so they buy it for 450 And now they're stuck. At forty bucks, I mean, yeah, yeah. Now it's back to forty dollars, yeah. and, and people and the, get really and, screwed by this. Stuff. And the company's not worth. No, it's not worth Absolutely the four fifty they paid for it. Mm. I bet it happens every day. It, oh yeah, that's the market. You don't day. get stuff like that. That's like a once in a ten year kind of thing uh, with a short squeeze like that. But stuff like that does happen on a smaller level. The every, problem. Every day. The problem is this. You know, I I kind of hate the idea that people could do a short squeeze like that. But I also like, I hate the idea that these big corporations could put so much downward pressure on a stock. Yeah. And that's what happened. 85% shorts. I mean, these big corporations were basically putting tons Killing of downward it. pressure on, yeah. on these stocks. The whole, whole thing's run by the them big investors, the big investment firms and yeah, all yeah. that. Oh, yeah. They got the, they got the whole capital. Hacks capital. That's they got, right. They got the power. They're market movers. They're market yeah, manipulators. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what they do. What about commodities or day trading? Did you do any of that? Give, give me the background of what you were doing before you decided to get your Series 65 because you had to be in it a little dabbling yeah. for yeah. your own personal use. Right? Yeah. So, gosh, years ago, I, um, I went out in between teaching and going into ministry, I applied at Edward Jones. I actually had started that process when I ended up going into ministry. And so I've always been really interested in the market and what's going on. And so I got involved in in day trading futures, which is a whole other kind of, you know, mind-blowing kind of thing. But I love it. It taught Day trading futures taught me more about the market anything. than anything I could ever do. Go day, do it. Don't do it with real money, okay? Yeah. Do it with paper money, fake money for, for a long time before you ever put any real money into it because there's a cost to education, right? Yeah. So, flashback. uh, so, <laughs> flashback. <laughs> a flashback to Brad Price. There's a cost of education with that. And so, but you learn so much from day trading futures that, um, just about the market and how it works and the mindset of people who are investing and, um, sentiment of the market, which is a huge thing. Yeah. And so, um, and so I did that a lot. Uh, I always paid attention to certain stocks. I was, I, you know, I, I did the whole retirement thing and, and put money in retirement. And, but um, so, yeah, that's kind of kind of where I was before I started doing the, um, the trading. And, and I'm able to understand how to manage people's money and how the market works now better because I did some of those things. If I were just to come in, you never, know, never yeah, done yeah, before. green, yeah. you know, never, never having understood the market at all. Yeah, my mind was blown when I, I figured out you could actually trade orange juice. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, who commodities. Knew? Yep. Yeah. Who knew? You want your mind to be blown. Let's sit here and try to explain futures to people. That's Yeah, or options. Or options. Options I, are see, tough. Options, I still I, I just completely stay out of that. I can't I my um my certification doesn't allow me to trade futures for people. Yeah. Or options for people, so um, I can only do uh, stocks and and bonds and stuff like that. So, um, but I can't do futures. I wish I could. I love yeah. futures. Yeah, right. options is kind of like, I guess that's kind of what I was trying to describe earlier, where I was off on the shorting. You're basically yeah. buying the option to buy or sell that stock yes. later on. Yeah. Yes. And yes. it costs you cents versus the whole price of the stock. Yeah. But you lose all of it if you're not in the money. I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. All right. I tell you what, let's not move on. Let's uh, have a, let's play some let's play, buy some stocks of our own and, yeah. and take a word from our sponsor, yeah. from right. the Shane Smith from Allstate. And when we come back, we'll still have Blake Pitts with us, and we're going to find out why Blue Horseshoe loves Anacott Steel. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time consuming. When it comes to your auto and home insurance needs, make things simple and trust your Allstate experts. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your auto and home. Bundling saves money, sure, but it also saves you time. So you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact Clemson Allstate agent Shane Smith at 864-654-1047 today for a free personalized insurance proposal. Allstate, are you in good hands? All right, we got Blake Pitts. We're back. Blake yes. Pitts, South Cat Syndicate Podcast, talking stock market and yep. Wall Street and a Investing. little bit of- all that is in math, equations, and risk management. So what was the quote you gave us before you went to break? Blue horseshoe loves Anacott steel. Now, right. I'll say this before we get into that. The first person to email us at southcacpod at gmail.com will get a Southcac hat. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would definitely be phone? the first one. Where's so, my phone? <laughs> he would definitely be the I first I would do one. it before we leave. The, the good thing is you get a hat. <laughs> so we want to know what movie and what year the movie came out mm. that belongs to the quote, Blue Horse Who Loves Anacott Steel. Guys, this is so easy. First one to email, it's South Cat Cat. I know. Boom. It. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 because you know, we talked about it in the break. As soon as, <laughs> as, soon as Blake gets in the car, he's going to email us. <laughs> you can't email before the podcast, <laughs> before it even airs. Yeah, so not, not, uh, not applicable in Hawaii, overseas, or from Blake Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so um, during the break, we talked about um, high-frequency training. No, we were just talking about uh, futures and options a little bit, I guess. No, during the break. Oh, during the break, yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So can Blake, can you tell us a little bit about what high frequency trading is and how that do you do any of that currently? He can't I don't think No, we can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're pretty much a traditional IRA investment, you know, we we, we do it in a different way. Mm-hmm. So we you know, we, we're active traders rather than passive traders. Okay. Like I mean if 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 you're if you're at a place where they you're down thirty five percent and they go, Oh, it'll come back. Like, yeah. Why no. are you paying them? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, because they're not doing anything. They're not doing anything. They're just telling you like, to wait. Yeah. They're your access to the market, which, yeah, with the way online is now, everybody's got access to the market. Like, you don't really no need it. Yep. You don't read it. You don't need it anymore. So, you know, put your money in a in an ETF or, you know, diversify it a little if you want to. Yeah. And, if you're not going to move it, then yeah, you might yeah, as well call me. Yourself. I'll tell you what to put it in. If you're just going to put yeah. it and leave it, then then you don't need an investment. Some with a dividend. Yeah. It's going to pay you to wait. Yeah. Then, then yeah. let me ask you this. Convince me, because I'm not in this space. Okay. To any account, right? Mm-hmm. Convince me why I should stop buying real estate and start investing in stocks. Well, I don't. Well, hold on. No, no, no. Because yeah. I don't think anybody suggests you. I'm not. I'm just. Oh, okay. I want to hear it from the stock. Yeah, from the wealth a, management a, guy. Yeah, I'm not sure I would. Okay. That I would tell you to do both. It's what I tell you to do. Do you but, think that stocks are more secure? The, mm, the most secure. All right. Investment? So they're more liquid. So real estate, you gotta. It's gonna for the most part. All right. It's gonna take you time to. You're gonna have money. You may be leveraged. You may have money tied up. Um, and then you got to find a buy. If you buy something that you're going to s- sell or flip or whatever, you're going to have to buy it. You're going to have to go through all the legal stuff to get it. So it's going to take you time to buy it. Then you got to find a seller. It's going to take you time to sell it. And then you got to wait on closing. Yeah, then you got to wait on closing. So all that takes time, right? Which is, which there's a risk to time, mm-hmm. right? And so within the stock market, you can have right now $500,000 worth of stock and <laughs> I mean, like that. Gone. It's gone. I mean, you can you can liquidate it Money right in your account now. Yeah. So there, oh, it's like cattle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. You can get a check in your pocket every Tuesday the, to sell doors open. Yeah, 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 the thing about cattle though is you're still kind of waiting. I guess stocks be the same way. You're kind of waiting. It's a market. Yeah. yeah, it's a market. But on on the cattle side, I guess if you're trading cattle, but if you actually own them, mm-hmm. you're kind of waiting for them things to mm-hmm. fill out yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Well, My and cattle we reproduces about- more cattle. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I look at cat. Megan looks at cattle as ears, hooves on the ground. I look at it as compounding interest. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's, that's why exactly I look at what like is. a dividend stock. Like everything I got has automatic, uh, what is it they call it, where it automatically buys more shares. Yeah. Yeah. You just reinvest. What you you just reinvest. Yeah. So like I, my cattle would be like, you know, Ford Motor Company. Yeah. And then when they pay me the dividend, it automatically buys more Ford Motor Company and it just had babies and, yeah. you know, and it just grows. Fair. Yeah. So I don't know if I, I would tell you not to do that. I think I'd tell you to do both because if we talk if we talk about risk management, if all of your money's tied up into real estate, then you're gonna Fair. have 
you have liquidity risk and you have time risk. Like there's going to, there's risk to real estate that you would not have in the market. So diversity is good there. I will tell you too, you can invest in real estate through the market. So it's, it's liquid and you're in real estate. I like the touch and feel of, of I, I get that. I get it. I get 100%. That. Yeah. Cattle, dirt, yep. brick and mortar. Yep. I can, I can, I get it. Yep. Knock it over if I need to, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. That's, uh, I, I never understood <laughs> investing in wealth management companies that do real estate, you know? And that's, well, it's, uh, well, what it is, uh, it's who a, is it? It's uh, a trust. So you can get, invest in REITs. Great. Yeah. Cardone Capital. That's yeah. exactly what he sold. Right, mm-hmm. he was like, "All right, you give me your money, and I'll promise at least two percent on your dollar, and, yeah. which is still more than the bank is paying you for your money." Right? Th- yeah, that's not but, what he says, and that's not how his works. His, you're actually a, uh, you are you own part of the basically part of the property. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they they have to cash you out on that property when it sells. Mm-hmm. You know, type of deal. So like, you own a percentage of those properties. He's running a real estate group, like an investment yes. group. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, what yeah, he's yeah. doing. But yeah. you can invest in REITs, which is a real estate trust. And the largest, you know, some of the largest real estate trusts that own most of the real estate, like, and you can get it in different sectors. It could be in commercial. It could be in residential. It could be in But it's not farmland. fun. Like, it's not, it's fun, not fun like you right. want it to be. It's yeah. exactly right, yeah. It's, it works like you're, like you're investing in you're the right. stock market. Yeah. You look at a chart and you buy yep. it and at yep. a price and yep. sell it at another price, you know. See, you I know. enjoy doing the research. So, I have actually two, I have two different uh, uh, trading portfolios. Yep. I have my one that's almost all dividend stocks. You know, it's kind of like my 401k, I guess. And then I've got the one where I'm like, let's roll the dice, yeah. you know? Um, and I'm, I'm like in ARC. ARC, I'm in, I like the technology the stuff. Marijuana companies. No. They're not in marijuana no. stuff. I, you know, it had its, had its run. Yeah. But I'm more of like, if I see future in it, and I think, you know, not that I, I don't really care about marijuana one way or the other, to yeah. be honest with you, I'm sure it's going to be everywhere at some point. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's happening. You know, you can watch it. But the money... There's no technology yeah. in it. And there's no. no. It's not going to be a lot of money once it's everywhere. It's everywhere, and it's like yeah. like once it hits its peak, it's there. Yeah, like it's, it's there. not a lot of yeah. growth to it. So I'm I'm looking for like the next next things, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's on that one side. That's all I trade. I'm looking at the, you know, the the companies are starting like trucks that are all electric and they're going to haul stuff around the world and yeah. you know the genome stuff and the, you know, the cryptocurrencies and I'm like I get into a lot of that stuff. So that's where I play yeah. gamble. I play with Apple. With Apple? Yeah, so yeah. probably 10 years ago, Kyle's in my kitchen. He was like, dude, you need to buy a couple shares of Apple stock. It's like a $7 a share, and I think it's going to go up. And I was like, okay. Well, I spent I'm 30 shares or so, whatever. I'm, yeah. I don't know what it was, what I paid for, $21 maybe. Yeah. And so I think I'm up 700%. Yeah. But. He didn't put enough in. At it's, least. It's been a long time, right? So if I was to really get into the micro of what I make annually, it's yeah. like, Four, four dot, not no, like forty cents. It is. You're right. Year, but you know? the thing is, the the thing we're saying though is, it doesn't excite me. It's yeah. very passive though. Like you had to do absolutely nothing with that. That's right. <laughs> Whereas you you know stuff, you're making more money locally, mm-hmm. but you have to be in there. You're dealing with tenants. You're you're yeah. you're dealing with, you know, buying, selling. But and I could have took that same thousand dollars to Harris. <laughs> Bet on 30, 30 is with the betting. 35 to 1 odds. That's why it's kind of like so so apparently the real estate, the whole if you're if you're investing in in rentals, you want to mm-hmm. be at one percent, like that's the thing, the yeah, yeah. the one percent rule. Yeah. yeah, the one percent rule and and whatever. And um it's kind of like, you know, the model we run, we make somewhere between eleven and thirteen percent year over year. So mm-hmm. it's kinda I mean, if we're making that per year, you're trying to make at least one percent a month. You're almost in Ending out at the same place, yeah. so, right? So that's a good point because you're saying if you're trying to get 13% a year, mm-hmm. that means you're going to make 130% on your money in 10 years. Mm-hmm. The 1% rule is basically around a 10x uh, capitalization rate, right? Which goes out the window when interest rates are where they're at because if, sure. if I took my rent roll for this building and said I want, I want this much for it based on the, one, the rent roll, I think when COVID no, hit- No, no, it's just for buying- that's right. Yeah, yeah. But there's yeah, yeah. no way I would sell mm-hmm. at the 1% rule because we're so high up in our market the, right the now. The advantage, yeah. yeah and we right. these contracts signed four years ago, so and the, they were valid in four-year-ago market. Yeah. They're not valid in 2023 yeah. for me. So. Yeah, I mean, I think long-term real estate is definitely the better investment, which is why I've got in the game because rents are going to continually go up. You want to sell that building? Yeah. Sell for the right price. 1%. <laughs> 1% of what? If I, if I use the 1% rule to buy it? 
Oh, if you back out my uh-huh. um, no. See, no. see, see. What you proved my point yeah, right there. You're right. You're right. Um, Blake, who's who isn't the stock market for? Who isn't stock? Oh, people that ain't got no money. Is there like <laughs> I hadn't invested and I'm seventy? Yeah, go go live your life. Go buy an yeah, 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 yeah. Don't risk it. At that yeah, point. I would not yeah. risk it if you're seventy years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, in the traditional income, I mean, I think we're a good bet at seventy years old because we manage risk in a way that actually makes sense. Now you um, could preserve if they're already wealthy, then yes, you yeah. need to invest it where you can preserve wealth and kind of match inflation and whatever you know. Yeah. But yeah. if you don't have anything, well, right now, I mean, you look at where the, the interest rates have gone up so much, you can get a. I earn, you know, high high yield savings account and get three and a half, four percent on a high yield savings account. Of course, you're still half of what um, you know, inflation is. Yeah. But at least you're not losing money. If you're 70, I would never yeah, suggest yeah. anybody other than that do that. Anybody that's listening, I will tell you this. Uh time is is the most thing in your favor when it comes to investing. So if you're young, yes, start now. Yeah. Yeah. Just Buy something that pays you a dividend. Have that dividend reinvest itself. Buy a company that you know is going to be around in it's, thirty years. It's called real estate. Buy yourself a boat. <laughs> well, no. Hold it. The difference is though, if you're seventeen, if you're seventeen, eighteen years old, you're buy, not going to buy. You don't a have the money to buy a rental house. But, but if yeah. you got fifty bucks, yeah, buy something that's going to be around for the next thirty years. That's going to pay you a dividend. And what you'll find is that compounding effect will really accelerate when you're in your, mm-hmm. you know, forties. Here's what you do. You buy real estate, you make your one percent, you do your thing, and you put that money in the market. And now you're making it on both sides. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. And play Monopoly when you're young, and play and play Rich Dad Poor Dad. There you go. And learn. Like my biggest my biggest downfall is I didn't start learning until my mid thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, money's a game. Mid thirties. It's it's a game. It's gamified. It is hundred percent gamified. If I would have known what I know now. Yeah. Like I mean, when I was growing up, it was just you. You go to high school. You graduate high school. You go to college. You get a normal job. You get like all this whole thing about hey, how do you make money? Like how do you how do you make money? Make money, and then how you make that money? Make money. Yeah, yeah. And I never even thought about that. I was like, you just work a job and get a paycheck. That's it. And it's like, and you're gonna work every day until you die. Yeah. That's the rule you follow. Yeah. 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 And and so now, like I mean. I was just kind of open. You know, we're not we're not bound by that. So no, it's a gamification of of resources. Yeah. That's all it is. Passive income is so much better than earned income. Mm-hmm. You know, not only is it passive and it's easy, it takes a lot of work to get sure. to passive income. So it's not like, oh, well, he lives off passive income. Yeah. Well, you don't know. You didn't see the five six years of yeah. bloody knuckles to get to that point. Yeah. Right? Stock market's probably the same way. Yep. It took a lot of work to, to put enough money into your wealth management portfolio yep. to start seeing dividends. And you don't have to reinvest your dividends. Yep. You can actually get your passive income through your wealth wealth management company, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. I will tell you yeah. one advantage that yes, I, I see to uh, hard, real, hard assets versus mm-hmm. doing the stock market stuff is that you don't have to have as thick of skin. For instance, you buy a building. When the market's down, you still own the building, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In the market, really, all you're looking at is your your overall number, mm-hmm. and when that goes down fifty percent, for somebody that hasn't rode those waves before, it's that's hard tough. to stay in. Yeah, that's really tough. And the worst thing you want to, the last thing you want to do is buy at the highest, sell at the low. Like, well, that's what we're seeing right now mm-hmm. after COVID. Well, no, it's, it's, started, it's bounced back a lot. Everybody started coming here and buying houses. Yeah. Oh yeah, you well, to my house. Yeah. yeah. Well, they saw the opportunity. Well, we'll buy a house. We'll Airbnb it. Yeah. That'll cover the mortgage, and we'll go back to wherever BFE we live, mm-hmm. and it'll pay for itself. Well, if Airbnb drops, and they bought at the premium market, and the interest rates are still high, they're going to start selling real estate. When that's whenever that starts happening, yep. market comes down. Yeah. Yep. So it's just a check and balance of its own self, and it, yep. it's like a breathing, living thing that you can't see. Yeah, I, I love how that. I love how it self regulates. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best thing about it. it well, and that's what itself. that's what the Fed that's what the Fed's trying to do with interest rate right now. Yeah, I mean they're they keep raising the interest rates because they're trying to put the brakes on the market. Yeah, <laughs> inflation was going crazy. Anytime inflation goes well, crazy, uh, you've got you know too much money chasing too few yeah. goods, and so mm-hmm. the only way to fix it is to yeah. go okay. Yeah, a couple trillion dollars will do that. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, no doubt. Everybody's rich for a little while. Well, it's like, <laughs> well, stop, U.S., stop printing money. Yeah. See, the sad thing is, is this. I believe in a, I believe that you should let the market figure all that out. Mm-hmm. And I think the Fed shouldn't necessarily kind of manipulate yeah. it. I get why they do, though, because there'll be tough times if they don't. 
If well, there if, may be tough times if they do. Well, you're right. Because they're trying. They're trying, they're, to, they're trying. It's a, it's a tough balance because what ends up happening is they raise interest rates so much that the market has to it it does what they want it to do. It goes down, but you don't. It's a lagging indicator. So so they may overdo it. Right. Yeah, they may yeah. overdo it with interest rates and say, well, the cost of goods are so high now because the interest rates going up that. It, they drive us into a recession, and so what's better, runaway from runaway inflation, yeah. or a recession? And maybe a but I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is like not even printing the money to begin with. Yeah, like well, let the market it figure it out. It yeah, one hundred percent. It doesn't matter if they print it or not print it anymore. After 1971, we came off the gold standard. It's yeah. a, it, it, it do, literally yeah, doesn't but matter when you inject trillions of dollars in the market, backed by what? What's the value? But it doesn't matter of, if it's backed. That's what I'm saying. It, but your value of your USD is not one hundred pennies, right? But so the value of a dollar is based on the goods you can buy with it. Okay. And so when you pump a ton of money into the economy and people have more money that can buy more goods with, it's how we get in trouble. It's how we get in trouble because then there's no good, there's a supply and demand issue. There's Mm -hmm. plenty of money, not enough, Mm -hmm. not, there's plenty of demand, not enough supply. That makes the rates go up on the, on this side. So you're, what you're talking about is what we saw in 2004, five, and six. You had the, the bank tellers making, $24,000 $24,000 a year driving an $80,000 Audi in the parking yeah. lot and yeah. owning a $200,000 house. When you see those kind of things, and I had a banker tell me this, and he painted the picture just like that, and he said, when you see that, buckle up. Yeah. Because that's when so we're about I'll give to you a trouble. prime example. In 2008, when the, when the market crashed, the housing market crashed, uh, they came in there and bailed out all the banks and stuff. Mm-hmm. In my personal opinion, now obviously I don't know because we didn't, we didn't see it happen, and I don't know what would actually have happened, but those, those businesses that don't run... You know, a business that does not is not run properly should go out of business, mm-hmm. in my personal opinion. They should have let all those fail. They should have let them die. They yeah. should let them die. You want to, and then it kind of send out a signal to everybody else. You want to play that risk game? We're not bailing you out. You're going under. Mm-hmm. Let them go under. What will happen is these other ones that actually run their business properly, they'll come in there and swoop up all the assets. Mm-hmm. So it's not like people are going to, like it's going to be this huge mass exodus. They're going to come in there and buy it for cents on the dollar. People are still going to keep their houses. All yeah. that stuff would, but instead, what happened was the the Fed just sent them a ton of money right. yep. to make them right, and then what you know they didn't change their ways. No, it was well, still if, a bad business. It's yeah. Still a bad business. Well, see, they ought to do that to everybody. Then, well, let me go run out of business. If I fail, I'll just expect the government to come bail me out. No, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So, if me and you start a business, yeah. or anybody else that's probably listening to this, it doesn't work. That if way. you don't run it properly. You're going out of business. You're going out yeah. of business. It's the way they weed out. You weed out bad business. It should be like that. And and good business. Yes. Rises to the top. That's what it be should be. Be rewarded for holding on to your own. Yeah. I know a lot of ex- extremely successful businessmen who filed bankruptcy in 08, mm-hmm. you know, and some of it needed to be filed, yeah. but it doesn't mean that they went under, right? Yeah. Yeah, just, this LLC filed bankruptcy. Well, it. Yeah. Yeah. Not my entire company. And everybody's yeah. like, oh, well, so-and-so filed bankruptcy. Yeah, I did with that little LLC I started because mm-hmm. I filed bankruptcy in an LLC in 08. Yeah, I had five, a, five houses in downtown Chicago in 08 hit, and it was like, there, there is no... There's yeah, no fixing yeah. that. It's a dead yeah. asset, yeah. So I let that yeah. company file out, and we kept on trucking. Yeah, yeah. You know? which is so, why they have it there. No, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, Blake, do you have a an equation or examples of major stock market? So if we look in the past 100 years of stock market or however long it's been in, mm-hmm. in conception, you remember Black, <laughs> Black Monday or Black Friday, whatever it was, and yeah. remember the Great Depression, those things like that. Was COVID one of those holy moments in the stock market sure for for about a month and then we had one of the biggest rallies we've ever had yeah. i mean it was insane it, you look at and this is why i keep coming back to risk management over and over again but mm-hmm. the reason it's important is because you have things like covid that happens but without the the run back up you know so you never know what how low is low yeah. you never know how high is high right you know people say that well buy you buy low and sell high well you don't know where that is how do you know where low is you do yeah if you do it's easy yeah and there yeah and there and there is <laughs> we and, all, we wouldn't be sitting here exactly right yeah. we'd be racing our ferraris that's up. exactly right <laughs> and so you have these large periods of time in in the history of the stock market where decades at a time where mm-hmm. the stock market doesn't make another high yeah. Right. It doesn't make a new high. Yep. So, like, you know, in the twenties, right after, right after the Great Depression, there was a time I think from the seventies to eighties, about a ten-year period. There seems like it was about every thirty years, and then from like two thousand to two thousand nine or so, it's just stagnant. there was it. And so, the reason you risk manage 
And the reason I'm not for the buying hold market where or buying hold model where you go, I'm just going to keep it in there. If it goes back, guys, it's going to come back up. Well, yeah, it will. But what if you got to retire in five years? Yeah. You know what? What if I'm going to retire? No, you know, that's right. What am I going to retire in five years? And in, in my my, uh, I don't want to wait out the correction. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to wait it out. And who wants to? Right. You know, what I mean, who, yeah. who who wants to not make money in the stock market for the next ten years? That's because right. you're you know. pitching uh, liquidity, quick liquidity. Yeah. Well, in this scenario that you just gave. Jared, I understand that you want to cash out, but if I were you, yeah, I'd, I'd wait three yeah. years. Yeah. It's I'd still, be like, I wish I'd have bought a building. Yeah, <laughs> it's, but buildings would probably be down, depending. Yeah, yeah depending on sure. what's going on in the market. Yeah. But yeah, do you see the same uptick and downtick during presidential election cycles? Uh, oh yeah, for sure, right? Yeah, it it's so volatile right around November every four years, mm-hmm. so it gets super volatile, and then you see this. Um, Kind of, well, see, I thought I thought it would go down after Biden. I thought it would just tank, and it didn't. Yeah. Like it just kept going for a whole other year, and then last November is when we start. We saw an all time high in the S and P, sure, and things just started. And ever since last November, things have just steadily kind of the steady downcline, yep. uh, decline in in everything. And uh, so, yeah, I got another question. I kind of want to spend a, just a little bit of time on this. This last question I'll have for you. Okay. okay. Is there a reason, and it could be happening today, I'm not self-educated in this question. Is there a reason that an AI company couldn't let machines do all the trading and be more accurate than the human element? It's already happening. Oh, yeah, that, it's happening That's now. what I'm saying. Yeah. So do you think that they'll <laughs> regulate AI in trading at some point? Hmm. They have to, right? I mean, they're going to they're gonna have to. So, it, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we kind of talked about this. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast or if it was before the podcast, but, you know, stock the stock market in general... Is, has little to do with the underlying company in the short term. In the long term, it does. Like, you know, if Google is going to continually to, you know, make more and more money and there's an evaluation that they can do on that company based on the money it makes, and you can, you know, equate way, well uh, what it's worth from that, then you can, over the long term, if you pick a good company and it continues to be a good company, then that stock will go up. And how, and many, it, how many times, I know where you're going with this, because how many times have we seen really good fundamentals behind and a the stock, stock and the stock just crashes. Yeah. So in the short term, what you're trading basically is the mindset of everybody else is trading because it doesn't matter how good the company is. is if everybody's selling it, the stock's going down, mm. right? And so if everybody's freaked out about something, it's all about the mindset of whoever's buying and selling, mm. right? And you got to figure out where that wave right. of people is. Right. So you're saying AI is already doing that better? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Because it's not, a, it's not a fundamental thing. It's not a mathematical Oh yeah, they made this much. That, you know, if you could just do an, a mathematical equation on the company, you you actually can. But it's going to show you how good the company is. It's not going to necessarily tell you what the stock price is going to be. The stock price is based on what people are buying and selling, yeah. and that's in between their ears. It's systemized. So he's saying yeah. there's, there's it's they've created a system out of it that's not emotional. We're all emotional, yeah. right? And and this gets even more exaggerated. This gets even more exaggerated in day trading. Like the yes. shorter the shorter term you go the more, the more uh, sentiment matters, yes. right? Because we're all emotional. You got a bunch of day traders. Everybody's sitting there looking at the same, uh, the chart. They're, they're sitting there looking at the same thing, the same price, the same whatever, maybe at different time frames, but everybody's looking at the same thing. And so if something starts tanking, then you're like, oh man, we're going to get out. out. I got to get, get out. out. Or if you're looking at something that's, in a, that's just kind of ranging in one area. All of a sudden it breaks right? out. All of a sudden it breaks out. Everybody's like, I got to oh, buy. I got to get on that. I got to get on that. You know, I got to get in. And then- those are suckers because a lot of times those bigger guys are then going to start shortening it and it's yeah. going to start going down. Everybody's going to start getting out and then it accelerates to the downside. So you've got this like the, this emotion of people and computers don't have that. Well, and the thing that's mm. the thing that's crazy is everything he just said had nothing to do with the company that they were trading. No, no. And that's the point I'm trying to make is in the short term it has nothing to do with the company. That's it's right. more about the sentiment. Yeah. That's um, why you systemize things. That's why that's why we've done algorithm stuff. We it doesn't trade for us. We. We it do it tells every you. day, but it we it tells us, and we put in buy signals and sell signals on the daily, depending on yeah. our, our our algorithm because it's systemized. There's no emotion in it. Yeah, we yeah. don't get wrapped up in oh, I really love this company. You just really, yeah, you know, yeah. you just yeah, continually yeah. T- back test your system That's to right. make sure it still looks. That's right, and we can tweak things to go. Oh, okay, this is better than that. Yeah, and and if it's better now, past performance does not indicate future re- right. result. Okay, so so That's you don't true. you know you got to throw that disclaimer out there because it doesn't. You know, back testing isn't perfect. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It, yeah, legal okay. Teams All right, legal team's good with that. What, um, what is the saying? Uh, the past. Is not a prediction of the future, but it rhymes or something like that. Isn't there like a? <laughs> I don't know. It's not exactly the the past is not 
going to exactly be what the future is, but it's mm-hmm. going to be. Yeah, close. Close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can get a good idea yeah. of what it's going to be. It can't, it's not. It's not as exact science. Or like I said, we'd be driving. Yeah, yeah. Really nice cars right now. So the whole thing interests me. I mean, because there's two sides to it. I mean, you can look at technical traders and just the fact that they they see these patterns mm-hmm. tells you that humans created yep. created that pattern of trading. Yeah, it's a self fulfilling prophecy. And what exactly? Yeah. Exactly. History, yeah. history doesn't repeat itself. But it often rhymes. Yeah. As Mark Twain is often reputed to have said. Mm. See, I don't see my memory's not good enough to it know. It often exact rhymes. Words. There you go. Often rhymes. Yeah. So where can people find you if you've you got a website for IQ Wealth yep. Management? Yep, then go to IQCapitalStrategy.com. Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Uh no, we're not I'm not much into social media. I should okay. be, but that's just that's just my nature. I don't I don't do that much. And, I mean, and it's probably not a bad thing. Yeah. For IQ Wealth Management, are you managing five million, hundred million, twenty yeah. million? Are you in, in so somewhere we're, in that Yeah, in so that we range? so I just started uh, I started about three years ago, three and a half years ago. So but I'm 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 working with a guy who's been in it for twenty something years and um but we we're managing somewhere between 15 20 million dollars right now okay um and so it's uh, not i mean it's, just, it's not a small group no it's not a small group it's not you know it's, it's not your hundred million dollar kind of deal yeah. but well, we're uh, in a small but, town but too, we're getting though. there we're in a small town and it's very relationship driven and your office look like axe capital no it doesn't look like <laughs> axe capital <laughs> are you hiring i, I wish but uh but you know but when people need to talk to somebody they got my number they can call me and and, yeah. and i answer my my I answer my clients when they call and that's a good thing is yeah. it like it's more of a personal it's, an, it's important yeah. yeah because they are i mean literally my life savings you have my life yeah. savings i've worked 35 years to have you manage that for yep. me yep. that is such a relationship yep. yep it's not just well i research the best company yeah, it's I researched Mr. Pitts, yep. yeah, Mr. Smith, and Mr. Jones, and I like Blake the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to trust really you. Interesting. Yeah. Do you have a favorite quote for people that either success quote, business quote, stock quote, stock mm. quote? Get it? Yeah. Bible verse. <laughs> stock anything. quote. Apple is that? No. <laughs> um, probably one of my favorite quotes is "Leaders are at their best." Um, leaders are at their. I see if I can remember. Leaders are at their best when uh, you barely you barely know they exist. And when they're finished with their work and it's all been fulfilled, the people will say, we did it together. That's pretty deep. So yeah. he, led, they, he led them and they didn't know it. That's right. Yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's awesome. Or a yeah. wise man plants a tree that he knows he'll never stand and see the shade of. Yeah. Yep. yep. Good deal. Appreciate yeah. it. Blake Pitts. Yes, sir. Thank you for your time. Good and, to be here. Thanks for having me. wealth of knowledge, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have you back, guys. Please you do. You can find Blake Pitts at IQ Wealth Management. Yeah, you can email me at, at Blake at IQ strat, IQCapitalStrategy.com. Blake at IQCapitalStrategy.com. And, and give him the website one more time. IQCapitalStrategy.com. Okay, yeah. guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.